0: So I was excited to see people showed up this week um, after what we preached on last week. So you showed up, you didn't quit, you didn't, you didn't leave me. Um, hallelujah. <laughs> I still have a job. Okay, so last week we talked about 2020 vision. We talked about what does it look like to have kingdom vision. I got a lot of, I don't know if you can work on that. But what does it look like to have kingdom vision in this day, right? It's a very interesting day to live in. Does anybody agree with that? Would you agree that nobody saw this coming when they saw 2020, you know, Happy New Year? No no one saw this coming. And if you missed last week, I want you to go back and watch last week. I'm going to maybe s- sit. And maybe if I don't move. That might help. Um, we'll see. So, If you've got your Bible, I need you to get it with you, and and, and we're going to be studying some stuff today. We're going to look in today. But when I read through my Word, when I read what the Word says, I see a God that constantly wants to be close to His people, but yet a people that struggle to be close to God. I see a God that wants to be close to people, But people that just, I mean, you go to the Jews and it was just the same circular pattern. It would be repent of sin, get in the presence of God, everything would be good, act foolish, get stuck on stupid, get into slavery, get into whatever, get locked up, whatever it was, repent, and it was just the cycle that went around. Well, there was people that God set in and there were priests and there's so many, if you want to have a fun study, study it into even to the garment of the priests of why they had certain things. Um, you know, when Jesus died, the veil was ripped from top to bottom. And this was the veil that behind it that the priests would go in in the presence of God, and there was bells on the, the bottom of your garment, because if they stopped belling, then you were probably dead, and they had a rope tied around your waist. To slowly pull you out because you died in the presence of God. Going to the presence of God was not something you joked about, wasn't something it was very, very important. But priests were known to stand in the gap. I can't count how many times to where people would get stuck on stupid. Snakes came out. That all of a sudden had to rush into the middle of people to stop a plague that was rushing across. You, 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 there, there would be so many different issues of, of priests standing in the gap for the people of God or priests standing in the gap for a city or people standing in the gap for a family. They would stand in the gap. Ezekiel 22.30, you don't have to turn there. I'll tell you where we're turning a second. Ezekiel 22.30 said, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand on behalf of the land. In Isaiah 59, 15 through 16, then the Lord saw it and it displeased him and there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Someone in the middle, right? To stand between a perfect God and a broken man. And then Jesus comes in. Our perfect high priest. It says in Hebrews 4, 14, seeing that we have a great high priest, priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus the son of god let us hold fast to our confession hebrews 7:25 therefore he is also able to save to the utmost those who come to god through him since he always lives to make intercession for them some people say well jesus is in my heart no he's not where is jesus Right hand of the Father, making intercessions constantly for us. Intercessing and intermediary because of his blood for our behalf, right? So he is interceding for us. He is standing in the gap where imperfect priests could not get the job done. A perfect priest shed his own blood instead of the sacrifice of any more sacrifices and the blood of any more sacrifices. It was Jesus' life that became the perfect priest that stood in the gap. But then Jesus said, I've got to go because the Holy Spirit's coming. See, when you got saved, you did not just get simply saved. You got assigned. See, when you got saved, it wasn't just let me get out of hell. You got assigned. There was a position you got assigned to. Where's anybody that's in the military or has been in the military before? Raise your hand. Did you just get a a cool little outfit and go go through hell week, go through all that stuff? Just to say a name. You know, what did I say? Outfit. Outfit. You can tell I have a wife. So, so think about it. Imagine you go through all of this, and you get a uniform, and they say, you've made it. What's next? Nothing. You just sit on base. No. I mean, aren't we supposed to do something? No. We just make sure our uniform's clean. And you could bounce a dime off the bed. All the military guys said, well, well, technically. <laughs> and what's so funny is that we've got to understand that we're preaching the correct gospel because you don't get saved to simply just get out of debt, hell free car. Because if so, you know, we would have, we would have a door, a trap door with a 15, foot, a 15 story drop where you would just get saved and go to be with Jesus. That would be it. Like, hey, welcome to Jesus. Go through the door. I heard about that door. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll end pretty quick. No, you have a purpose. There is a purpose for you. See, when you see everything going on in the world through Kingdom Eyes, it's not what in the world is this coming to? It's Father, what did you have me born in this day to accomplish for the name of Jesus? See, it changes the way you see everything. So what I need you to do, I need you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. So I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's going to be good. I'm excited. You know, it's just, mm, mm, 2 Corinthians. If you're there, give me an amen. Yes. So let's take our time on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, stop real fast. Did it say select few? Okay, I'm glad we figured that out. If anyone, did it say those with, well, unless you're really, really bad. No, I know. I got some hoodlums in this church, and you saved now. So, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Very important. Old things have been tucked away. <laughs> no. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has, this is a key word, reconciled us. Reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So not only were you saved and reconciled back to God, You have an assignment as a Christian, as a soldier, as someone in the army and the body of God, that the same way you are reconciled, you have a ministry of reconciliation you were called to. Please tell me where it says only for pastors. Please tell me where it only says for clergy and for deacons and for those that dress good and look pretty. It says once you get saved, you now have a job of the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Executing the trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. You need to underline the word ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, stop real fast. It's Cause this is very important, because if you read it too fast, you're gonna miss it. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. So stop. So now you are a tunnel. What what is an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Can an ambassador start a war if they act foolish in the wrong country? Can an ambassador misrepresent an entire group of people? So don't be surprised when one one Christian ruins the atmosphere for a lot of people. Don't be surprised when one person of one color, of one background, messes up your opinion. And if you look at that one person and judge all military people by that one guy that was acting foolish, you're going to misread it. Don't let one person change the way you see a whole group of people. Amen? Amen. Thank you. So we are an ambassador, and here is our message. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Can we please break that down real fast? Because you know what will happen? We'll read through that. And if you can't grab it, you're going to just read over it, not realizing those are marching orders for you as a Christian. If you just read it over, you're going to miss the fact. So let's read it back. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Did it say Christ is imploring? Who's imploring? You are. You are representing Christ. When you get saved, you are still in a broken world representing Jesus On Jesus' behalf, you are going representing Christ. You're not representing new life. You're not representing Pastor Chris. You're representing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I Am. And this is what your reconciliation, this is what you are imploring, be reconciled to God, not re-reconciled to church. Our goal is to not build new life to be the most popular church. Our goal is to reconcile people back to God because I can make people a church member and still go to hell I can make someone a deacon of a church and they still miss it I could make someone an elder in a building of a church and they still go to hell but if I reconcile them back to God through the sacrifice of Jesus for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him So the first thing we see in 2 Corinthians is that we have a ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors for Christ. And the second thing that I see is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You don't have to turn there. You can just read it. You also, as living stones, are being built up. Did it say are built up or being built up? Do you know what that means, Coy. That means people will come at this church and they're going to look different today than they looked two weeks ago. That when you come here, I do not expect you to be a perfect version of yourself when you come here and you get saved. But that does mean that you do need to be being built. You need to look different. You need to see my life and see change. If I look the same following Christ for 20 years that when I started, either it wasn't right or I'm doing it wrong. If I don't look different, if I don't look more like Jesus, if I don't sound more like Jesus, if I can't go to my Facebook 10 years ago, everyone probably won't even open 10 years ago. What If I can't go 10 years ago there and look at my posts now and you can't see more of Jesus through what I'm sharing, either it wasn't really real or I'm missing it. We are being built it everybody say I'm a process process. don't nudge anybody because some of us are more of a process than others talking about myself thank you for laughing and agreeing that I am a process (laughs) or being built up a spiritual house what does it say next a holy wait hold didn't we just talk about priesthood see see for us we'll read through it and go hey I'm a house and a priest and you have no clue what it's talking about a priesthood because people reading this remembered what it was to have priests that would sacrifice and they would go to. They said, hold on, the very person that you would set aside, you're saying that now you've called me to be like them? Hold on, the ones that we knew could go into the temple, you're talking about I'm now on, you through Jesus I'm on that same level? You're, you're talking about that now the very person, it's not just about being a pastor, go watch a pastor perform and do little religious dances for you for a Sunday, but I get to equip you. For the ministry, a royal priesthood? Do you know you are a royal priesthood? People, you know what's an amazing part? What's an embassy? Does anybody know what an embassy is? What's an embassy? Hmm? Okay, Headquarters and ambassador. Do we have embassies that are outside the uh, American soil? If I go to the embassy in any country and I stand on... Follow me. And I stand in that embassy. What soil am I standing on? Well, hold on, but I'm in another country. I'm on my soil. Stop being afraid to be at the job you're at because you're surrounded by sinners because wherever you stand, you stand on holy ground. Stop being afraid that you're in a family that doesn't look like Jesus because wherever you stand, you're an ambassador on holy ground. We've got to stop being afraid to smell like sinners and be around sinners and be around the world because if we don't go around them, then who's going to bring the answer to them? You have to understand that wherever I go, I'm not afraid to go to darkness Because where have you ever seen light be afraid of how dark a room was? Where have you ever seen that a light, a flashlight goes, I don't know, it's really, really dark out there. That's what a flashlight was born for. Don't take me out of my ministry. That's where I'm supposed to shine. Don't take me out of my soil. That's wherever I go. I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I'm an ambassador. So guess what? The same authority that I speak by is not by my authority. It's the authority of the king. So when I'm speaking power, it's not the power of Chris Larson, it's the power of the king. When I talk about the authority that I operate by, it's because he has entrusted me with the blood of his son. A royal priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Hold on, I thought sacrifices ended with Jesus. No, you're the sacrifice now. You're a living sacrifice, your life is a sacrifice. When they see you, they see a different thing. They see, I lay down my, altar, my life on the altar of the Lord saying, Father, use me however you want to use me. I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. I am now the sacrifice acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Oh, see, the essential difference between us as the New Testament priests and the Old Testament priests is the ancient priests looked forward by faith to the atonement Messiah would provide while we look backward 2,000 years to the same hinge point in history. They presented the blood of animals, a physical sacrifice, in contrast to the priesthood 1 Peter describes, which offers up spiritual sacrifice, making claim by faith on the shed blood of Jesus as the final atonement for sin. We are called to operate in two positions, priests and ambassadors. A priest stands in the gap with the mission of intercession and an ambassador reaches out with the ministry of reconciliation. You have two jobs. Some of you say, well, what's my job? I'm a Christian and the world's crazy. Yes, you are called to be a priest and an ambassador. A priest stands in the gap with the mission of intercession and an ambassador reaches out with the ministry of reconciliation. We're gonna break this down. You guys Ready? We good? We preaching okay today? Hallelujah! First, it's for who? Okay, well, if I'm supposed to be a a priest and ambassador, well, for who? Well, First Timothy chapter two verse one says, "Therefore, I exert, exhort first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all all men. All men. All men." 1 Timothy chapter two, verse three and four: For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our, of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Think of your worst enemy; they need salvation. Oh, yeah, they do. Think of your enemy. Think of the worst person you hate right now; they need Jesus. Yeah, they all men. Do you know why? Because it can't be all men and I hold it to myself. I can't hold all men to me and only preach some men. I can't want all men kind of grace but only give out some men kind of grace. I can't expect all men grace on my life before the Father because then I become like the servant that was forgiven of much and I didn't forgive little to the one down the road. We must be careful that we accept the grace of Jesus at the altars but then crucify people on the altars of public opinion with little or no grace because we've been sanctified and Holy Ghost filled. Let me tell you, If this church does not have sinners walking in and saints walking out, we're not operating on how we're supposed to operate. The scariest thing you could ever ask a church is, when is the last time someone genuinely got saved in your building? But it's an even scarier question. When is the last time someone in your building left and brought the word of Jesus Christ and saved somebody at a workplace, at a field, at a park? You don't have to just bring them to me because they're not promised to make it. You're an ambassador, so that means wherever you stand, baby, that's holy ground. You have a purpose and a point and a calling. Amen? Key for both positions before I give you tips on both because you know what we're doing right now? We're at a table. Anybody ever love the story of uh, King Arthur, right? And you have the table, that all the, all the knights would sit around. yeah. yeah. You know, and I was like, man, you know, that, that would be just, just be powerful to sit at that table, right? Do you know what I'm excited about this week? I got invited to a table this week. There's a discussion going on in the city with key city leaders, and they called your pastor to be at the table. I feel honored to be at that table. But it's not just about me. If you serve Christ, you're at the table. But now, as your pastor, I'm going to tell you how you act. At the table. Ready? And the first thing you must know, and this is for both priests and for ambassadors, to run with reconciliation of people to the Father and standing in the gap with intercession, we must lay aside those things that so easily entangle us. You cannot truly reconcile people to the King if they don't know you look different and if you don't look like the King. You cannot preach about reconciliation if you still live in sloppy. You can't preach it. The Bible says be careful for what you preach because if your life may discredit it the moment you stop preaching. Let us not let the bumper sticker of our church discredit the unholiness that we have while we drive. We've got to be very careful and we've got to be very sure that our lives, I'm not saying you have to be perfect but there's a big difference between just just living how you want and drinking grace just to make yourself feel better, but dying in the flesh. Father, I know I don't look exactly how I should look today, but I thank you for grace to shave a little bit more off, to shave a little bit more off, just, just to make me look a little bit more like Jesus. I don't want to discredit the gospel because I don't have the spirit to stand up and live it. But also... Also, when it comes to being a priest and praying for my generation and praying for my country, sometimes we get so busy for praying for forgiveness, we never get to even get past just weeping for forgiveness and going into claiming the things that God has called us to pray for. If, if all we ever feel like, listen, if all you ever do is come to me to say sorry, you're never going to want to come and say, hey, what else can we do? You should live a life of repentance. Yes, yes. But we've got to see and show people serving Christ is so much more than saying I'm sorry. Serving Christ is so much more than saying I'm sorry. Repentance is a lifestyle. But there's a big difference between living a lifestyle of repentance of saying, Father, anything you see compared to just I'm living how I live and God will understand. We need to lay aside those things that so easily entangle us. Because if you turn on the news, you go on your social media, we're running out of time to just play church. We're running out of time to just do things that feel good. We're running out of time. Amen? Amen. So as an ambassador, welcome to the table, ambassadors. I've got five notes that I need to talk to you about. Number one, ambassadors. If you follow Jesus, you're an ambassador. Number one, when operating as an ambassador of Jesus through the ministry of reconciliation, we do not operate in opinions, but in the truth of the word of God. We do not operate in opinions. We do not operate in opinions. Operating in opinions has got the church in so much trouble because what we've done, instead of saying, we were just talking about this in the office this morning, Ken, we have opinions of what we think. And there's two positions you do. I either stand on the word and make my opinions through what the word says or I come to the word with my positions and my opinions already and pick out scriptures that agree with my opinions. I can make this Bible say anything I want it to. If I take it out of context. I can take this and work. We must be careful we preach more opinions than we preach the word of God. Preaching opinions will make you many friends. Preaching the word will change lives. Because you know the funny part about preaching opinions and just talking about opinions? I don't like when those opinions are different from mine. So I'm just going to surround myself with people that voice the same opinions in me. And I've got the same people I drink coffee with every morning. And you know what? We agree. And I don't know what the world is. When's the last time you sat with somebody difference of opinion and said, let's see what the word says. When's the last time you sat down and said, hey, brother, you and I are different politically. Yeah, we are. Let's go to the word and see what the word says. Because Jesus wasn't Democrat or Republican. He wasn't. And he's going to be king after that's not even a thing. Number two. Hallelujah. Our mission, our vision, our language, and our purpose is and always will be love. The answer to the dying world around us is the love of God within us. And this love is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God. Listen, we can find all day why people hate, or we can let perfect love abound in our hearts hearts that casts out all fear. And see, we've got to learn what it is to say, Father, break our hearts for what breaks yours. I don't need to just have, if I'm really going to love Mm, we're going to stretch some people's faith this morning. I need to be just as broken of when a Christian dies as I need to be just as broken as when a mosque is burned down for a religion I don't believe in because they're still needing Jesus too. And they may not believe the same thing I believe, but they need Jesus too. And I don't need to just worry and hope. and, 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 And just my heart breaks for people that look like me, sound like me, talk like me, walk like me, so there doesn't have to be much change. They need love. Jesus went to the midst of the people that he just, they were like, what is he doing? He must, how can he tell the demons to do this? He must be a prince of demons. No, he was the prince of peace. He was the prince of peace. And love is our mission. Oh, Chris, I don't know how to walk this out. Love people. Well, it's hard. Love people. It's hard. I just want to say something. Is it in love? I just want to walk out. Is it in love? What does it say? It says the greatest of all these things is love. I don't care how well you can prophesy because the word says you could prophesy the walls down. But if you have not love, I don't care if you've got every church that's uh, every shirt that is from Walmart that talks about God. If you don't have love, then it's just uh, it's a piece of fabric. I don't care how many churches you've been deacons at. And I don't care on how well you speak Latin. And I don't care at at all if, if you can read the Bible backwards and forwards in a week if you have not love. We will edify so many things that impress religious scholars, but the very thing that we feel like is childlike is the thing we're supposed to operate by. And that's love. Did I say agree with? Who in the world told us that we had to agree with someone to love them? Well, what if I love them and the world thinks I'm agreeing with their lifestyle? Stop worrying about what everybody thinks and operate how the world told you to operate. I messaged one of my old students the other day. And I said, hey, man, I haven't seen you in a while. He said, coach. And he started laying all this stuff out, stuff I'd forgotten. And this is a kid that probably would never step in this church. And you know what he told me? He said, you know what I remember? We'd always freestyle in the classroom, and you always found ways to talk about Jesus in the freestyles. Hey, he goes, I still talk about that, coach. And I said, thanks, man. He goes, but you know what? Man, you really loved me, coach. You really loved me, coach. I had another student that we were messing with, and this is a student that Some of y'all probably wouldn't get along with. And all of a sudden, something happened. And he got mad and ran out to the basketball courts. Get away from me, coach. Get away from me, coach. Get away from me, coach. And I kept chasing him. I said, I love you, bro. I love you, man. Stop. Get away from me. I love you. Stop. Get away from me. I love you. What's going on? He says, they were joking about something. Coach, I've never known my real dad. They, they're joking on me, coaching, and I've never known my real dad. I said, brother, I'll stand in the gap. I love you. Most of the world is, we're just going to look at this boy that grew up a lot harder than most people and went through hard things. I'm not called to, to mimic everything he's used to, but I am called to love him. I'm called to walk out love. That is the language that which we speak. Next my ambassadors be cautious on how much you react and learn to respond be cautious on how much you react and begin to learn to respond james 1:19 through 20 so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We cannot afford to react as those that have no hope. We cannot afford to react as those that have no hope. The world is watching how you react or if you're going to respond. Reaction is out of your emotions without the wisdom behind the action. Response sometimes can take some time, but understands the weight of what you're doing. Are you reacting or are you responding? If somebody on Facebook is irritating you with their posts, unfollow them for a month until you have wisdom enough to love them. I hear you. Go on there. If you have to only follow New Life Fellowship and you unfollow everybody else, do it. But that also means you might need it. We talked about this last week. Turn off your CNN and Fox at the same time because those are businesses that want you to react businesses. Businesses. It's easy for us to react because our flesh wants to react. Your spirit will respond. Reaction makes me feel better because I feel justified. Response says, I know I'm an ambassador for the king. A reaction can cause a war on soil. A response can bring healing to that same soil. Reaction can break a family. Response can heal a son, can heal a daughter. Number four. Mm. Differences in the world are a point of division, but differences in the kingdom are a point of unity. Follow me. It is only when we are reconciled to God the Father that all differences of gender, race, and culture may become an attractant rather than a source of insecurity or division. I'm going to read that again so you can eat it. It is only when we are reconciled to God the Father that all differences of gender, race, or culture may become an attractant rather than a source of insecurity or division. This is what it looks like. Terrence, stand right here. Pastor Lane, stand right here. Daniel, stand right here. Brian, stand right here. Elijah, stand right there. If we're ambassadors and we don't operate in the spirit, do you know what will happen? You are very different than that man right over there. You're different. Different nationality? Or I don't know the right words. I mean, what, is nationality the word? Race, whatever, right? Different age, different music choice, right? But you're also different than Daniel. He's got earrings and you don't. He can dance and you can't. <laughs> I'm talking about like Daniel. Listen, I, I agree, we can't dance like that. Amen, all right. I'm, I mean, we can get down, but we can't do that, right? But do you know what also? You're very different than you. You're very different. And you're very different than you. And what happens is is this. Do you know what we'll do as ambassadors? We'll say, well, what about my group? What about the young people? Blah 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 blah. Well, what about my young people? Blah 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 blah. Well, wait, hold on. What about the Mexican Americans? What about the uh, what about the Latinos? Okay. Well, what about well, what about the African Americans? Well, what about what about my seniors? What about my ex-cops? What about my military? And if we come to the table. Dissecting the table so we can take something from it, so we can have our own table of ambassadors instead of going to the table saying, "You can reach people I can't reach." How are we going to do it this week? Wait, hold on. You're right. And wait, hold on. There's people I don't have a I don't have a sphere of influence in, but you do. How can we preach Jesus to them? So instead of breaking the table of ambassadors apart to make everybody feel good, we come together as unity and brothers and sisters and say, How are we going to minister and we're we going to do it? Because you bring something I don't bring. Yeah, that's it. But do you know what we'll do? We'll become the church of old police white people. Because that will make a bunch of people comfortable. And we don't have to worry about somebody dancing. Because that might offend some of my friends. And then this one will go, Golly, those old people. I just wish they would get a little bit more free. You know, like, do do something, right? Just do something, right? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a Holy Spirit flowing church and there's no seats. Right? Can we just get rhythm in the house of God? At some point. point. I've been nice from this point. I'm all about it, Pastor, but I'm getting tired of watching my brothers and sisters in the military get disrespected. So I'm just going to make a church of military people. And we're gonna have a flag on every corner of the wall. <laughs> if we fight to break the table of ambassadors apart to make the world feel better, Jesus is sitting there saying, I called to bring the body together divide, yeah. to unity together. You are ambassadors, and you're making the kingdom look divided. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. And a kingdom divide itself cannot stand. Why would the enemy need to fight us that hard when we're doing good enough our own selves? Well, you know, don't get me wrong. This music's really good, but I need a little bit more beat. I need something I can dance more. Where's my guitar riffs? In the kingdom, you sit there and say, the presence of God here. That song may not been my style, but I tell you what, I'm going to worship God. That that may not have been it. Well, I come from a Bible church that if you don't have a resource and a source for every word that you say, and you're not preaching Latin, brother, you're not preaching. And then you have a generation that says, "Can you just make it understandable for me and real for me?" We can either allow the world to tell us how to divide ourselves because they do it very well, or we can show the world what unity looks like at the table. And there will be things that when we start with the word, the world will say, but that's different today. That's acceptable today. And at the table, we'll say, sorry, the word has never changed. changed. Well, okay, you know what I'll do then? I'll come over here because you'll agree with me. And you'll say, what did my brother say? He already told you the word doesn't change. But hold on, hold on. Okay, my bad. I'll come over here to New Life. You tell me, you know, Pastor Chris is co- No, the word doesn't change. So from the 99-year-olds to the nine-month-olds, to the black, the white, the yellow, the purple, the brown, to the ones that grew up with no money, to the ones that grew everything, the Word of God doesn't change, and we are called to be ambassadors. And if we come to the table, instead of saying, here's my culture here's my race, here's my background, here's my economic standings, make me feel special at the table, and we say, I'm at the table. I'm going to go affect my culture. I'm going to go affect my race. I'm going to go affect my economic standings. I'm going to go affect my sphere of influence. I'm going to leave the table to bring change, not go to the table and expect it to change. Right? Y'all give them a hand clap this morning. Last, Matthew 5 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers, not peacemakers, but peacemakers. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me ask you something real quick. What does the word peacemaker mean? What? Someone said it. It's very basic. Somebody just said it. Who said it? Why would you need to make peace if there was already peace there? Because there's not peace there. So, why are we so afraid when we're in an area with no peace when we're called to be the ones to make the peace in the area? Think about that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was just there. We are called to be peacemakers. That means you're called to bring peace where you are. So stop being worried if there's war going on. You you carry the answer. You're supposed to make the peace. You're not called peace maintainers. You're called peacemakers. Hey! Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Next, you're you're ambassadors, but you're also priests. First thing about being a priest is you need to do not neglect the power of prayer. Mm. James 5.16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Availeth much. Pamela is here because she had a mother that would intercede on her behalf. Some of you are here because you had people going to the Father on your behalf. Some of you are alive today because someone went to the Father on your behalf. Some of you are here living and breathing because someone went to the Father on your behalf. Now some of you say, I get it, but do you see how bad it is out there? I'm glad you asked. Because the second thing you need to know about being a priest is all you need is a remnant. The majority of a population may be continuing in their sin. Can you say that about our nation and our world right now? However, a righteous remnant interceding on their behalf can bring down mercy on the undeserving. We must never underestimate the power that is released when united believers intercede in humility. You carry power if you live in Segina the surround areas, raise your hand. That means you have a vested authority in this area as a son and daughter of this city to be able to see things change, to be able to go lay your hands on the courthouse and say, as for me in my city, as for me in my region, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We don't have to wait for the world to get better for us to slip in like a politician and say, yeah, I had part of it. We're called to go in the midst and be peacemakers and intercede and stand before the Father. Father, and say, Father, I thank you that you put me here for a purpose. I pray for our governor. I pray for our mayor. I pray for our president. I pray for our police chief. I pray for our leaders of our community. I thank you, Father, right now I stand in the gap. And you begin to pray and intercede. Some people in here, though, are like, I've never done it before. Start. And don't judge yourself by people that have been interceding for years. Some of you interceding for a long time, maybe 30 seconds. Set a time. Set a schedule. Start laying your hands on your city. Start laying your hands on your job start laying your hands on your house begin to seek God and know that you are here as a priest in the same way they would go before the father and they would say father I thank you I pray for mercy and mercy and mercy for my people I thank you for mercy I stand in the gap for every person that's missing it I stand in the gap for my city my children be raised in the city if we're silent we can't be upset with the results All you need is a remnant, a section. You know what that tells me? All I need is the people in this room. How many thousands of people live in Seguin? What's our population? 25,000. What's the population of Stockdale? Someone said 25. Half that's the Scriven family. What's the population of Stockdale? Stockdale. 1,200? Okay, 1,200. What's the population of Nixon? What's the population of New Brothels? We have represent- representation of all those areas here. What about Lockhart? Luling's 5,000. Half that's just because people go to City Market. All right, we're doing an account today just because everybody's up to the market today. You are an ambassador and a priest. You have a purpose, a call, a plan, and a destiny to do something for the kingdom in this city, in this nation. You are an ambassador to go and stand in the gap. You're an ambassador to go represent the king in the midst of a dark world. You have a purpose, a call, And a destiny. Stand with me this morning. Mm. Hey! I feel like the Holy Spirit is supposed supposed to say this based on what we said before. When we were talking about all this and those differences, it's easy to preach it. It's different to walk it out. Do you know why we need the reverent generation in the life of the exuberant worship? Because the reverence will teach the young, I don't care how high you can dance, your heart needs to be right before God. And then that young generation will teach the older generation, it's it's okay to clap. It's okay to smile. It's okay to yell and and hallelujah and praise yeah. and if you disagree you haven't read your word it's okay to it, it, it's it's okay for us to be together because there's things that I have never experienced that Terence has experienced that when he's at the table of the ambassadors I can say we need to share Jesus and he says here's the language you speak there's people that we need to minister to in the military I've never been in the military but you have and there's terms Outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Uniform. But you can, when you come to the table as an ambassador, you say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, today we're really focusing on the military today. This is how you speak, and this is how you share Jesus with the language of a soldier. You know, I just don't get these kids with guitar licks and all that, whatever. Tell me what it is to speak to your generation so we can share Jesus. Tell me the language of the dancers. Tell me the language of the intercessors. Tell me the language of the black and the brown and the yellow and the red. Tell me the language because we're not going to break the table up. We're going to join together and go and see our nation changed. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Pastor Lillian, will you finish this out in prayer, sir? Awesome. Uh, We're going to hand the mic over. If you don't know, Pastor Lane is the founding pastor of New Life Fellowship, him and his wife, Pamela. Pastor Lane and Pastor Pamela started this church 27 years ago, something like that, 26, 27, uh, in a living room. So we honor you this morning. We thank you that the very thing we're preaching today, you walked out. We thank you that you didn't sit there and say, let's break the table up, and then you go take your people that were committed to Lane. And, Chris, you just run with this, that we've run together and showed them what a table of ambassadors of people that look different, sound different, walk different. So I thank you for showing us what this looks like. I'm proud of you, and thank you for being the founding pastors of New Life Fellowship. You want to pray for us this morning?
1: Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being the Prince of Peace. The life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But it's not me that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we are called to be ambassadors. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've imparted the Holy Spirit to us that we may not know what to say or when to say it, but you said we could open our mouth and you would fill it. And Lord, I thank you for filling our mouths, Lord, when the time is right, Lord God. We just thank you for the unity and peace that we proclaim over this United States of America, Lord God. We just want to see everything reconciled. And Lord, you, you built this great nation you called this nation together to share the gospel. And I can see how the enemy is trying to destroy at the very roots of what, we, what the founding fathers brought. But Lord, as we as ambassadors, we're gonna raise up our voices and we're gonna pl- proclaim that you are Jesus and you are Lord over the United States of America. And Lord, we thank you for all the people that are going to come in. The harvest is ready, but the labors are few. And Lord, let us be part of the labors to bring in the harvest. Lord, we see it coming, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are born for such a time as this. We were not born a hundred years ago. We were born now, within this century or past this century, in the year two thousand. Lord, we we're here to do your bidding, and we thank you, Lord, that we're going to see change, and we're going to see people saved for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen.